the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, The Watchman. On Partners in the Gospel, we talk with ministry leaders, pastors, other local community members, as well as national influencers who are making a kingdom impact. We are here on 100.7 FM, The Word, and also on podcast at thewordfm1007.com. On today's program, we have a great friend of mine, Audrey Beckett. She is the co-founder and president of the awesome Gateway Prayer Garden in Colorado Springs, and she's going to be sharing with us what's new at the Prayer Garden, as well as about their community-wide Resurrection Day sunrise service coming up on April 9th that you're going to want to be at. And in our second segment of the show, we are activating Christians to bring the gospel into the public square with another great friend of mine, Debbie Chavez, who is the Senior Director of Strategy with My Faith Votes. So, Audrey Beckett, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Thank you. Uh, It's great to have you here, Audrey. Uh, Audrey was a senior financial analyst and ministry consultant for World Vision in the 80s and 90s. And then God gave her a Joshua call for Odisha, India. And she's been ministering there for uh, coming up on 30 years. At the same time, her husband, Ted, had a call for Israel, focusing on bringing peace through environmental cooperation until he went to be with the Lord in 2020. And we all miss Ted a lot. But now, Audrey, and uh, Audrey 3.0, Audrey 4.0, <laughs> is the founder, uh, co-founder and president of Gateway Prayer Garden in Colorado Springs area, which is going to be the topic of our conversation today. So, Audrey, how did this prayer garden come about? You're a commercial real estate developer. You had this big, expensive piece of land down by I-25, and you turned it into a prayer garden. Yes, <laughs> Tell us about that. Okay. Well, I had thought that we'd be selling it and using the money in India and in Israel for the different prayer focuses and ministry focuses that the Lord's given us. But the Lord had different ideas. So one day, a fellow that has a um, prayer garden, um, the Lord stopped him on I-25, right across from the land that we owned. And he says, the next prayer garden is going to be right there. And so, 10 years later, he (laughs) looks for who's the owner of that um, piece of property, and he finds that we are. And uh, so, he then um, told a friend of ours, um, John Podiety of Bibles for the World, about this encounter with the Lord. And John said, well, I know who owns that land. It's the Becketts. And so, he brought us some information and things, and I started to seek the Lord. I that was a, a new thought for me to do a prayer garden there. So Ted and Dwight Johnson went down to see this other prayer garden in Texas, and I'm praying that whole weekend and seeking the Lord, and the Lord confirms, yes, he wants a prayer garden there, all right. And uh, he has plans for Colorado Springs mm-hmm. area and um, what he wants to see on that land so that people can come. My husband was a great 
prayer walker. And this is a large piece of property, about seven acres with about another eight acres that has trails on it where he can walk and pray and cry out to the Lord, call out to the Lord. And, and uh, uh, Ted was a, a prayer and God spoke to him. And so we want that for everybody. There is a tremendous anointing that comes as you walk and you pray and you're crying out to your Lord and your Savior. And then the cross on the top of the property, um, the bottom part is all along Fountain Creek, but the top part has a large cross, 300 feet long by 200 feet wide, with a vertical cross at the end of it. And it's a, it's a, uh, you really feel like you're in the Lord's presence as you're walking this cross. There's scriptures all along, and and you have this sense of the, as you're reading the scriptures, the presence of the Lord, and then you see the cross, and you realize the sacrifice that um, Jesus made for us, that we might know him and might be set free from our sins. Amen. So this prayer garden, it's off uh, I-25, just just south of Colorado Springs, yes. exit 132A across from Fort, Fort Carson. Carson. So uh, you've, you've driven past it. You may not know that it's there. And what Audrey is talking about, there is a cross that's visible from the road, but the, also the way the path is laid out, it's actually a cross looking down from a heavenly yes. <laughs> position, and there's scriptures running all along there and and so what what is it that you want people to to really feel and experience i mean you you keep saying the presence of the lord and and that's yes. really the answer but yeah. but but what is it that that you designed this and 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 want people to experience when they come and see it well the lord gave us instructions and it's that people will have a feeling they're leaving the kingdom of this world and they're coming into the kingdom of the lord that is a place of worship a place where you can really communicate with the Lord. The Lord gave me two overarching um, assignments in the garden, which were to build a hall of declaration where we could worship the Lord, pray and honor his name, and then be able to pray over the nations and pray in God's plans and purposes for the nations and cut off the plans and purposes of the enemy. And the other was of course, the cross was central, but the other specific assignment was, I want a hall of heroes. My people are going to go through persecution, and they need to be prepared. They need to be ready. They need to see the examples of those men and women of God who have gone before them and have stood faithful in the midst of persecution. And so we're going to have an exhibit and, and information as you walk with these heroes of the faith and you you internalize the scriptures that they used and the words of the Lord they used to give them the courage and the fortitude and the strength to just stand faithful to the Lord. Man, well, this want to get into this resurrection oh, yeah. uh, service, sunrise service that you're going to have. Uh, Colorado Springs used to have a yearly Resurrection Day yes. uh, service at Garden of the Gods, but it was discontinued about 20 years ago. But you brought it back last year. What, why did you reestablish it? 
I think it's a tremendously important time. This is Resurrection Sunday. Ever since I was a little kid, we would go and celebrate in Southern California with hundreds, sometimes thousands of people up on a mountain, and and we would bring in the dawn of Resurrection Sunday, praising and worshiping the Lord together. That Sunday is the Sunday when God is very present in power, anointing, and glory. And you watch the sunrise come, and then you sing and you praise the Lord. Up from the grave he arose, the mighty power over his foes. And Jesus walks with us, he talks with us, he calls us his own. And there is that sense that you are with him, and you are just praising with other people in the community. You don't, you get to know them at the sunrise service. You probably didn't know them before. But you're looking at the cross, the sun is rising, and you are just praising with everything you've got, the Lord Jesus, and, and, and acknowledging his honor and his glory and that he overcame death and, and overcame sin and, and forgave our sins. And, and, and it's just, to me, one of the most thrilling uh, probably the most thrilling time of the whole year. Uh, excellent. Well, this is coming up on Sunday, April 9th, 6.30 a.m. as the sun is coming up at the Gateway Prayer Garden. And this is going to be a community-wide service. But So before you go to Resurrection Day Easter services at your home church, come down to the prayer garden, be part of the community, praying for the city and over the city. So, Audrey, yes. what are some of the things that you have planned for that early service on uh, Sunday, April 9th. Well, we'll have a wonderful time of praise and worship. We'll be sitting in the cross form, so our chairs will be in the cross, and and we'll be we'll be looking up and just praising the Lord. And then Jeff Anderson Pastor is Jeff, yeah. going to bring a rousing message uh, for Easter. He was there last year, and it was wonderful. And then afterwards, um, it's going to be short, so people have plenty of time for their own church uh, mm-hmm. services, but it's just a praise time. And then we're going to take them all down, and we'll walk through the area and go into the empty tomb. And and there's this sense that the Lord's presence, the angels are there and and greeting us like they did the early disciples. And and we can see that He's risen. And uh, then walk along the prayer trails and pray and just a time alone with the Lord. We have seven mountains there um, that call in the spheres of our society that we need to be praying for and praying over. And the Lord gives us specific things in the areas of government and education, family and church, media and entertainment and business. And so these these important spheres, we need to be praying into them for God's plans and purposes, cutting off the plans and purposes of the enemy. Well, well, thank you. I wish we had more time, but experience the prayer garden for yourself. First, go to gatewayprayergarden.org, gatewayprayergarden, for more information about the prayer garden and the resurrection service. But go down there and get down there on Resurrection Day, April 9th, 6.30 a.m., for the wonderful celebration that's taking place down there. Audrey, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us here on Partners in the Gospel.
Thank you so much. Well, if you live in Colorado Springs, of course, get to the prayer garden, but also it's time to vote if you haven't already. Uh, April 4th is the deadline, election day, uh, for mayor and city council. So make sure to not just vote, but to vote your Christian values and to get informed before you vote. And of course, go to churchvoterguides.org, churchvoterguides.org for all the information on the candidates. Coming up after the break on Partners in the Gospel, we're talking with Debbie Chavez of My Faith Votes about how we can carry our values into the culture without getting backed into a corner or getting defensive. You're going to love Debbie. So join us in our second segment. I'm Chaim Goldman. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Chaim Goldman, the Watchman, new host of Partners in the Gospel on The Word, 100.7 FM in Colorado Springs. Would you like to suggest a ministry leader, pastor, or other member of our community who is making a true kingdom impact to be a guest on Partners in the Gospel program? Maybe even suggest yourself. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Please call me, Hi, I'm Goldman, at Salem Media Group at 719-388-0386. That's 719-388-0386. Welcome back to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, The Watchman. Well, we're so happy to have you joining us again in segment two. We have with us Senior Director of Strategy for My Faith Votes and a good friend of mine, Debbie Chavez. Debbie, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Thank you, Kaim. It's so good to be here. Uh, excellent to have you here. Well, Debbie is, uh, the, as I said, the Senior Director of Strategy for My Faith Votes, but she has a public policy background going back 20-plus years. She conducts workshops and training sessions on how Christians, or you're going to love this, how Christians can carry their values into the culture without getting backed into a corner or getting defensive. I think we all appreciate that. And uh, she's uh, the former executive director of Colorado Family Action and, most importantly, a, a wife and mom of seven and a lover of Jesus. Debbie, um, we're, we're, there's so much we can cover in today's show, but we're really going to focus in on what Christians can do to impact the culture now and specifically here in Colorado. So, and we're going to be showing Christians how they can be involved in the public square because if we're not, someone else is making the decisions for us and we certainly don't want that. So as the senior director of strategy for My Faith Votes, what do you do to activate the body of Christ uh, to get us out of the churches and into the public square? You know, we've kind of noticed that when we look around the nation and we work across the nation because we are a national organization, we see that Christians sometimes are not taking their virtues and values out because they're just not informed. They feel like they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And Sadly, when they don't know what to say or what to do, oftentimes they don't vote. We actually see that a third of Christians don't regularly vote. That's crazy. So it's just getting them the information they need to understand what's going on. What does the Bible say about that? What is a biblical perspective on the news of the day? And how do you pray about that, think about that, and then actually take action on it? So we give them some tools and resources to do that. So um, what do you see as, I mean, there's so many issues. America mm-hmm. is is not in a good way. I don't think any of us think that. Um, but a lot of times we deal with symptoms instead of the underlying causes. So what do you see as one of the primary leading issues in America that's impacting the future of our nation that we really, really got to focus on as believers? 
You know, right now we're seeing that, first off, public policy is redefining what's true and what's right and what's good for all of humanity. And we see our public school system being weaponized as a tool to basically invade the hearts, the minds, the bodies and souls of our future generation, our children. Mm -hmm. And this has been going on for a long time, right? In the 50s and 60s, it started coming in with that. With that, so what is it that you're seeing in the schools that you find to be so dangerous that that even parents who are sending their children there uh, don't know about? You know, right now we see one of the leading topics out in culture is suicidality, and everybody wants to stop suicidality. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants somebody to take their life. However, suicidality and stopping that is being used as a weapon to actually psychoanalyze children outside their parents' knowledge and consent. Mm -hmm. It's actually um, being used to help children stand down on sincerely held religious beliefs that they have and getting them to tolerate anything and everything. Mm -hmm. They're being exposed to ideologies that are outside of God's design for humanity, for marriage, for human sexuality. And we need to help kids understand that what God said is still true. How he designed them is still real. He, He chose who they would be in the womb on purpose. He designed them male or female on purpose. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be confused about that. And they're getting many confusing messages in school. Right. I mean, that seems to be the the goal is really to confuse, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that's always Satan's goal. If he can get you confused, he can get you distressed. And if you're distressed, you're discouraged. And once you're discouraged, you're fair game for any kind of manipulation of where you're going to go in life, who you are and why it matters. And we see this happening in, you know, astronomical proportions. And um, what are some of the programs that are going on (laughs) in the schools? What are some of the tactics that are going on that you find are confusing our youth the most? You know, comprehensive sex ed is one of the worst. But it's not just that we have all kinds of sexual ideology being thrown at kids. And we've even heard 12-year-old kids say, oh, are there people that don't have sex? Because sex ed is taught like everybody's doing it. Just get on board and do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they're being told all kinds of things to try and experiment with, including who they are as an individual. And that's very destructive to the mind of a child and the heart of a child. And then they go home and they don't even know how to talk about that with their parents. Mm -hmm. So we see this division happening where kids are pulling away from their parents. Parents are being excluded from what's happening and what their children are being exposed to. And oftentimes the parent has no ability to find out because several things do not have parental notification or even an opt out because we have things woven into curriculum. And, you know, on a very simple level, we see something like social and emotional learning that comes in. And that sounds good. Everybody wants a polite kid and somebody with good manners. Mm -hmm. But when your child is told that being polite, being loving, being kind means that you endorse everything and every lifestyle out there that's outside of God's design, that's not kind and loving. That's Mm -hmm. actually teaching a child to tolerate and endorse a lie. That's dangerous when we do that to our kids. So what do you recommend to parents? You know, be involved, be informed, be involved and take action. And that doesn't mean that you show up and you're screaming and you're angry and you're you're tearing up school books. That's not what that means. Mm -hmm. It means that you're showing up and you're bringing the truth. You're exposing what's going on. And you can expose that in a very matter of fact way and then bring solutions to the table. And, you know, this, I'm not saying every school's bad, every teacher's bad, because there are public policies that are driving this, Mm -hmm. and that's why elections matter so much. What I'm saying is get to know your school, show up, volunteer there, volunteer in the library, see what kind of Mm -hmm. books are available there so you know what your child has access to. 
Maybe you need to have a conversation with your child's teacher and say, hey, you know, we're raising them as a Christian. This is what we care about, and this is what we're training our child in. So if there's anything outside of this that's happening in the classroom that we might not know about, we just like to know first. So we have the option to address that with our child and maybe opt them out of that training. And if you're not currently a parent of school-age children, you can still get involved. We need all we need all the citizens to get involved, and you can do that by showing up at the schools, by showing up at the school board meetings and getting involved throughout. So we're going to pull back more to a 35,000-foot level now for what every Christian can do. You know, I, I love solutions. And, right, I do and, and so I was talking to you about, you know, what can we do? And, and you said to me, Chaim, it's not really a, about a tactic or a set of tactics. It's about our testimony. So tell Certainly us about is. that. How can, how can Christian, no matter who you are as a Christian, impact our culture? You know, when you walk it out and talk it out, that says a lot to people. And I got to tell you, if we are able to tell people, you know, what were we like before we came to know Jesus? We had things we thought about, things we focused on, the way we made decisions. We had criteria that kind of drove our processes throughout our day. Well, those things usually change once you come to know Jesus. That's what being transformed is. Everybody has an aha moment where they realize, wait a minute, I want to know this Lord and Savior. I want to make a commitment. And after you make that commitment, you change what you focus on. You change what you think about. You change how you make decisions. You have different criteria that drives your life. Tell people what that looks like and feels like, and and that helps them see the big picture. So you're basically telling your story so they realize they've got a story they can tell, too. Oh. And how, how do you find that that impacts the nonbelievers that are out you there? You know, nonbelievers sometimes just need to know that it's out there and it's available. The best thing I ever heard is one time I had a nonbeliever come up to me and said, you're the safest person I know. <laughs> Because you're so trustworthy in everything and you're so honest in everything that you say and you open up your life like an open book. I don't do that, but I feel safe with you. And sometimes they'll tell you the most intimate things and you can lead them into the truth when they're sharing their story with you. That's fantastic. So, folks, they we get the impression that we're supposed to remain silent and that the society doesn't want to hear from us. But they're actually aching to hear the testimony of people who know God who know the Messiah, who are honest, who are open, uh, and have a story to tell about redemption because mm-hmm. every everybody is everybody's looking for that. So so get out there and give your testimony. So in order to help you do that, My Faith Votes, of which Debbie is the senior director of strategy, My Faith Votes, you would think, is just about, hey, right before the election, I'm going to go on there and get election resources and voter guides, but uh, and we love you to get voter guides. Uh, but um, we really vote every day, don't we? Not not formally Absolutely. in elections, but all the decisions we make with our money, with our time, and everything else. So My Faith Votes has resources for your voting <laughs> that you do in your daily life. They have great resources. So tell us about that. And you can find that at MyFaithVotes.org, MyFaithVotes.org is a website. What are some of the resources that we can find on there to help us get out into the public square and be effective? You know, one of the things we do every week is we take the top news stories of the week, we break them down, and we help people understand what's going on from a biblical perspective. How do you talk about it and how do you take action on it? And you can find that. It's called The Intersect. At myfaithvotes.org. Okay. What else? What are what are some of the specific? You know, we also have videos to give you talking points because one of the reasons Christians don't get involved is they don't know how to talk about these hard, uncomfortable mm-hmm. issues. So we break it down for you simply in video form and in the news form. Awesome. And um, 
Is there anything else you want to say? We, we have about, you know, 30 more seconds you know, here. That, what actually, would you like to say to encourage people? I would just tell people there are people just like you out there all over this nation that are starting to join together. They're raising their hand and saying, I want to align with other Christians that want to make a difference. You can even do that at MyFaithVotes.org. We have we call them action partners, and they're people that want to know others in their state that are standing shoulder to shoulder as Christians in the public square. Okay, wonderful. Well, please check out MyFaithVotes.org for all the resources that it has to offer. They're a national organization. Debbie's here in Colorado. They're a national organization in order to help us get out there and be effective. So don't don't think that it's just about the elections that we have, like we have here in Colorado Springs right now, uh, finding out about how to vote in an election, but how to vote in your daily life, how to make the decisions that really will make an impact on our culture. Debbie, thank you so much for joining us here today on Partners in the Gospel. Thank you. Well, I'm Haim Goldman, The Watchman, and you've been listening to Partners in the Gospel here on 100.7 FM, The Word. Catch all of our episodes in podcast on our website at thewordfm. 1007.com and to get informed and vote your values in the currently going on Colorado Springs municipal elections, please go to churchvoterguides.org, churchvoterguides.org, and please make sure to share that link and also to vote by April 4th. And to remind you about Audrey Beckett and the prayer garden that we had in the first segment of our show, this uh, resurrection coming up on Resurrection Day Sunday, April 9th. Before you go to your church, make sure to head to the Gateway Prayer Garden for their community-wide sunrise service at 6.30 a.m. And go to gatewayprayergarden.org for all the info. Now, my brothers and sisters, get out there and make an impact for the kingdom for such a time as this. Shalom. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.